Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. Hey everyone, we are back for Q and Cake number two. Hopefully you guys joined us for our first one. We do one of these Q&A episodes every six weeks. Uh, we like to put our own spin on it and call it Q and Cake because it kind of fits with our brand. Yeah, get it? But- yeah, get it? Like birthday cake? <laughs> This is where we take questions you guys have specifically submitted to us on our website. We have a place for those questions if you're listening and you want to submit one in the future. Bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash the letter Q and cake. Really easy to get there. Or you can just go to Bizbirthdaybash and it's in the footer of our website to click on that and to submit a question. Um, But we have four questions today that we have pulled from the ones that people have submitted. And we're excited to dive into those um, and get started. You have anything to add before we get started, uh, Cammie? No. In terms I of- just wish we had <laughs> okay. real cake right now. That'd be fantastic. But we don't have any real cakes. So we're going to have our pretend cake. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into the questions. Um, you guys ask really good questions, by the way, just so you know, you guys are smart. But okay, so number question number one, um, this is from at Indigo Prince on Instagram. And she says, how do you deal with clients that have no idea what they want and don't want to utilize Pinterest or Instagram to find some inspiration. Why don't you go ahead and start? Um, you've written down a couple of notes. Cami is a better note writer than I am or outliner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always, I was just telling Elizabeth, I get so nervous when we do these because she doesn't write anything down. I'm like, I don't even know what you're going to say. It's a surprise. I don't know what you're going to say. So, <laughs> um, but I know what I'm going to say because I'm ready because I wrote a note. Okay. Anyway, so clients <laughs> that have no idea what they want and don't want to utilize Pinterest or Instagram. Oh, this can be such a doozy when you're trying to design something for someone who literally doesn't even give you a color palette. <laughs> so uh, in a situation like this, I will typically give them a call, talk on the phone because it's so much easier for them to articulate what they're going for and what for you to understand um, a little bit more about their vision. Sometimes people just don't have a visual brain. So they're just like, I don't know, you figure it out. And then you're like, but I need a little bit to work off of. So I find that talking on the phone can be super helpful. Um, and then typically I tell them, I just need at least one image to work from, like just one thing or, or just one detail. Like if you tell me your bridesmaids dresses are Navy, that that's a great starting point. I can work with that. I can't work with something that's like, I have zero clue, but they're going to have some idea. You just have to be able to take whatever they give it, give you and, um, turn that into their vision. So even with the smallest amount of inspiration, even if it's just as simple as, I like the color navy. You need to be able to take that vision and turn it into something grand for them. And that is why they're trusting you as the expert. So I try to keep that in mind. Like they're coming to me for a reason. They can't don't have the creative vision, but I do. So I'm going to take that navy color and turn it into a whole brand for their wedding. So I put together the inspiration for them. So I'm going to use Pinterest and find the things that speak to me about them. Um, So if I know like they're their color is navy. They filled out my invitation inquiry form. I know that they're a really adventurous couple. They got engaged in Paris or whatever. 
those kind of things are what I'm going to draw inspiration for that they might not even pinpoint that that it could be inspiration. Does that make sense? So it's kind of up to you to be the expert in figuring out what kind of things can be used for inspiration because they probably have no idea. So um, they're, if they're trusting me as the expert, I'm putting together inspiration for them, creating a mood board, creating um, a design aesthetic that we can work from. And then, of course, I don't think you didn't necessarily reinvent the wheel with every invitation you do. So just staying true to your style as you're designing your invitation um, and kind of having your like, like I know I'm going to always typically have like some sort of crest in my invitation. So that's like a I'm not reinventing the wheel each time. So that helps me as I'm trying to develop their invitation. Hopefully that helps. I feel like that was a lot of rambling, but it made sense in my head. (laughs) Elizabeth, what about you? (laughs) Honestly, just listening to you talk about that, I learned some things in that past minute. (laughs) Yeah, I totally did. Because this is something that I struggle with as well, um, having that beginning place to sometimes start if they don't provide inspiration. But I have also had some strange experiences with couples in the past or brides that I've worked with. The majority of the time I do work with the brides out of the couple um, where they do provide inspiration up front and then it continues to change over and over and over throughout the process. (laughs) So that's where I get like really caught up and frustrated um, because I feel like that must have meant that at the beginning we didn't have it pinned down enough or that they don't trust me enough, which is a whole different thing as well um, when that happens inside the design process. (laughs) But yeah, the most interesting thing about this is that I agree with Cammie. I think it's part of our job to build the inspiration for the client. Like we don't have to rely on them specifically for photos, but if they do send you photos, maybe they send you three photos, right? For example, one of my brides recently sent me three photos. Every single photo in the picture had a deckled edge. And I was going, oh gosh, I was like, I didn't quote her for deckled edges. (laughs) We never talked about deckled edges, but this is the inspiration she's sending me right before we start her invitations because we've already done her save the date. So at that point, I kind of had to back up a little bit and I had to call her and and say, what is it that you like about this photo? Because I said, because we're not really doing deckled edges in your suite. So is it the color? Is it the style of calligraphy? Like it's really important to pinpoint individual elements when providing inspiration. Um, So the, the same thing goes for if you're giving them photos to look at. So you provide three photos for them because in this instance, <laughs> Indigo Prince is asking what to do and they don't give you anything to work with. Then you need to give them those pictures and ask most likely over a phone call because I think Cammie's right. That's the best way to get all those details. Ask what they like about the photos, what they don't like about the photos in the individual elements of the invitation suite. Um, ribbon stamps is it more organic is it more modern kind of figure out those things to get a feel of their direction um the good news is you would hope that they booked with you if they kind of already trust your vision a little bit um provided that they're not just like price shopping which in this instance i highly doubt it (laughs) but yeah i think that's kind of the insight I have on that and the best place you can start with is a sketch. I mean, once you round up as much information about the couple as you can, 
the next thing you can do is provide them a sketch and work from there. And in some ways, it's cool because it's a completely blank slate. You're not influenced by anything that the client is really obsessed with or really wants. So you kind of have some freedom there to provide something really individualistic. Yeah. And I just want to make a note, too, that the inspiration photos that I do provide the client I don't use any stationary or invitation photos. Like it's not like I'm providing a picture of a suite that someone else did and be like, we can use this for inspiration. I'm picking pictures like of a bedroom that has the same colors um, that I want to use or like it has a mid-century feel or maybe it's like a bouquet or a tablescape or even like, I think I use like a cherry pie or something for someone else's inspiration. Just like the colors, the feel, (laughs) like I'm really big on like how do we want the invitations to feel and not so much like, narrowing down like the look like I'm not looking at another style of invitation and be like okay we're going to use these same kind of block lines like this person did and we're going to put that in the invitation I'm like okay we want your your wedding to feel like a summer picnic so here's this apple pie for inspiration and we're going to use um like some of these uh color elements from this and turn it into a whole feeling experience thing and not necessarily drawing inspiration from something they saw on Instagram that another designer did that's very true in some ways Once again, it's a good thing if they're not pulling images of a bunch of other invitation suites because that's where it got so convoluted with one of my brides because she saw one thing she loved here, but she saw another thing she loved here and she wanted them all combined. And I was like, this kind of just feels of a conglomerate of a lot of other things you've seen before and not necessarily something I created. Now that I'm thinking about it, none of my clients are really giving me pictures of invitation suites. Like, uh, like when they're when she's asking about oh they're not using Pinterest or Instagram they're just pinning stuff for their wedding like their bouquet their colors or whatever and like literally I'm just pulling from those things I'm not looking at invitations so it is interesting because I don't think my clients actually provide inspiration in that sense of like the design direction you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> on your intake form when they first inquire is there anything about the feel of the suite or do you ask them for their Pinterest board anything like that. Yeah, I ask him for their Pinterest board. I ask him to tell me about their wedding invitation vision. Um, And most of the time, it usually says like, oh, we want a map. We want a crest. But it's never like, here's a picture of an invitation that I want it to look exactly like. I have not run into that situation yet. So so I feel like this question is tailor-made for me because I feel like I'm creating the inspiration for each one anyway. Most of them are like, we have no idea what we want. Just tell us what you think. And so... It is kind of cool. I do like that. It used to stress me out, but now it, I find it to be a little bit more fun. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. a little bit more freeing to be able to do that because then you really get to fall back on your true style. So this is a good exercise for all of us of when we don't get that inspiration. I think it's scary to kind of step out on that limb and just do whatever, but we need to trust yeah. ourselves creatively. So that's a big part of it. I know. And that's why I add that little tangent at the end about you don't have to recreate the wheel every single invitation because I felt like I had to come up with some design no one had ever seen before with an invitation. Like, But I'm like, okay, they're booking with me for a reason. They clearly like the style that I've already been doing, which I think are how I mean, you can see like a thread of like my style through each one. I'm like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel and you know, put the crest in the left-hand corner or whatever to make it unique. Like, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can keep like the same kind of layout that I do and just infuse it with their own personalized elements. Yeah. So I yeah. love that. Okay. 
Oh, I think we I think we did a good job answering that. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That was such a great start. I was like, man, well, maybe it pays off to it. have written notes. <laughs> you know what? It pays off to have written notes and it pays off to have a coffee break before we get started. <laughs> yeah, guys, we totally had a coffee break for those of you who don't know a ton about podcasting or maybe don't know about our process. I don't know if we've really like officially announced this, but Cammy and I batch episodes. So we've been recording all day. Woohoo. <laughs> That's why every time I end an episode, I sound like an idiot because I'm like losing my mind. So (laughs) anyway, you can just laugh at those later on. But okay, good times. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the next one here. Okay. When I do wedding invitations, when can I show them on social media? And this is from Marina Springer on Instagram. Thank you for the questions. The question, Marina. Um, (laughs) So Cammie and I were talking about this a little bit. Cammy, it sounds like you have something in your contract for this. Oh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, I was don't. saying okay. I think I want to add something in my contract about this because I currently don't have anything about this. Um, but I think moving forward, I do want to have something like a little checkbox on their first proof or whatever in the contract that says, like, are you okay with me showing um, sneak peeks on social media just to like cover my butt in the future? But I also think... Um, that at this point I, I do show sneak peeks on Instagram all the time. Like it's not a secret. I might not show the full suite, but I'm showing sneak peeks in my process and the painting and whatnot. And and my brides typically love it. Like they're tagging their mom and sending it to their fiance and messaging me back. And I think it's been a really fun part of the process to have that. Um, because it's like instant updates for them. So I think they like it. I haven't had a problem with a single bride and I think my brides kind of expect me to do that because they've seen what I've done with other clients, you Mm -hmm. know? So I've kind of already set this precedent. So it's no, there's no surprises that they're going to have their work shared. And I think they actually like it. I think they like having their little time in the spotlight and me gushing about it. And, you know, they see people's messages about how beautiful it is. And I think they like that too. So Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I show them all the time. Like, there's no rules for me, but um, I try not to show dates and places. Um, yeah, I try it. to keep those details concealed if I'm doing a preview of anything. I think I've only had brides say they wish they saw more sneak peeks. I don't think I've oh, ever yeah. <laughs> had one who was like, I really wish you shared less. Um, <laughs> but sometimes, honestly, sometimes I get like so busy and caught up in the design that I even forget to share along the way. Um, I did have one bride who did ask to be a little, for me to be a little more careful with like pr- proprietary information. Like they had a password protected uh, wedding website so she was like just make sure like that doesn't get shown before the wedding but otherwise I think that she kind of liked that I was showing behind the scenes a little bit I'm sure it was fun for her to be able to see and I think as a client I would want to see oh I would love to see that I love seeing the design process and yeah most of my clients say that they love seeing um, like the painting part how I sketch it out like seeing everything come to life I think it kind of adds value to your process too, because they're not just seeing like, okay, I paid money and then I got something at the end. They're seeing everything it took for you to, you know, like those um, restaurants you go to, you can like see the cooks cooking in the kitchen and it's fascinating. That's what I think it feels like. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's so true. Well, (laughs) when Emily Lemoyne Art painted my cats and I saw the previews, I almost like died. She even posted Zuko to the Instagram feed and I didn't even care. I was so excited and it's still like one of her most liked photos, which just makes me so happy. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, I've never had a negative response to sharing, but I will say this, like you either need to set that precedent now or put something in your contract just in case, like I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So yeah, kind of feel it out. And you know, it doesn't have to be in your contract. Maybe just ask your client and be like, Hey, is it okay if I share some sneak peeks? Are you cool with that? And I feel like 95% of the time they're going to say yes, but it never hurts to ask and just have everything in place so they know what to expect. I tend to be one of those um, ask for forgiveness, not for permission people. <laughs> I tend to kind of do it. And then I, if they tell me otherwise, I apologize immediately. And I'm like, I'm so sorry I didn't clarify before. And then it's normally fine. Like no one ever gets mad enough. Like that's easily reversible to delete something or take something down if they really don't want it to be up. Like there was one time I accidentally revealed a little too much of an address for some calligraphy envelopes. And it was Mm -hmm. actually an address for a famous person. I didn't realize it. (laughs) But (laughs) my bride, who was so nice, she was like, hey, could we like take that one down? I'm so sorry to ask you that. And I immediately took it down and I just cropped it and then uploaded it again without that one showing. So it's never been a problem and I never, ever get butt hurt if that happens either. Because of course I respect those boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I was going to say something, Cami. I don't know if this is like too soon to drop a hint about this, that we're doing something contract related. <laughs> uh, go ahead and drop the hint. Go ahead. Drop it. Drop it. We're drop doing something contract related. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Cami and I are working on something for you guys uh, that is specific to stationers because we feel like there's just... The market's a little lackluster in that area. There are generic templates out there that work for designers, but we have something up our sleeves with some contracts. We We have lots of stuff up our sleeves. It's very exciting. I'm leaving it at that. You know, we got to build momentum. Yes, exactly. Okay, moving on. Leave it at that. Uh, Question three. I will read this one, Um, except I can't pronounce the name, but that's okay. Um, It says, (laughs) this is from at Chrissy Vital. Vital? Vital? Um, how would you pronounce that? I think that's right. Vitale. Okay. Vitale. <laughs> I'm Vitale. I don't know. I'm joking. Uh, it's okay. V-I-T-A-L-E. Vitale. Chrissy Vitale. Wow, Chrissy, we are so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry, Chrissy. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, she says, I would love to know how many weddings you work on in a year. Do you have goals for how many you do? How do you budget your time to make sure you aren't overbooking yourselves? I will start with that one if you'd like. Perfect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So mine has been a little different than Cami. I don't book my invitations at as high of a rate as Cami because Cami, you just have a leg up on me in terms of like how long you've been doing them. Um, So I feel I still feel like I haven't reached full capacity yet in my bookings, which is kind of a nice feeling. I feel like I have a little bit of that wiggle room, but Mm -hmm. I truly, honestly, when I look at how much time I take for each bride, I could not imagine having a like deadline date for brides more than one per month, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and Cammie even has written down like less than that amount, but I could see myself in this year, specifically 2019, trying to book 12 clients as my maximum. Like, I think that's where I would stop. And obviously, I would have to make sure that their timelines wouldn't overlap. Yeah, that's a, that's a good maximum. Um, mine right now, six to 10 is my goal. Like, I like, like, 
six to 10 max. And then eight is where I'm averaging. And this is invitation clients. So that doesn't count like just one off crest. And I'm not counting those things. Um, So invitation clients, because they are very time consuming and everything both of us do is custom. So I don't think we'd be able to honestly take on more without losing our minds. And also we're doing other stuff too with our business. Like it's not, um, well, at least I'm, I'm not doing just wedding invitations. I have the product side, the wholesale side, now biz birthday bash. So I really cannot take on any more. Right. Yeah. But I feel good about that number. Like I feel totally fine. I think 12 would be like my absolute max capacity, all hands on deck kind of number. Um, but it's so funny. I see other uh, stationers and they, there was a, somebody asked this in a Facebook group and they were asking, how many do you do a year? And some of these people were saying like 200. And I was like, what? the heck i can't even imagine doing a hundred much less like 200 so i i don't even know it like blew my mind they must like, have pre-made collections they I'm have guessing. To, it must be collections it has to be something like that um and i don't think they were custom artwork i don't know but my number was like incredibly low compared to everyone else's so yeah I'm like, oh. well and that's also because your prices are probably much higher than everybody yeah, else's I'm like, it, my price um also reflects like how many clients i take on it's a little bit more exclusive and the time it takes for so long. Honestly, I would lose my mind if I had to do more than that. Can you imagine? I mean, there's just so much in the process. Oh, there's like, so much in the process. And not to mention, like you said, balancing out the other aspects of the business. We are both um, wearing the hats for all aspects of our businesses. Obviously, we get to share everything in Biz Birthday Bass, which is really fun <laughs> to have a business yeah. partner <laughs> and to be like, oh my gosh, Cammy like wrote the challenge emails for New Year New Biz, guys. That was awesome. I did the scheduling in the um program that we use to mail them out to you guys like to be able to split that is so great but otherwise oh, so nice yeah doing <laughs> it all <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely and and with this too you're also managing the client's expectations like communication with them there's just a lot of back and forth and I don't want to make anything slip through the cracks because they are paying a higher price and I just think some things would start to shift and I wouldn't be offering as good of an experience yeah that's really important do you mind me asking at this point, Cammy, how many couples you have lined up for 2019? Oh, for 2019, I have seven couples lined up. Okay. So I could take on a couple more. Yeah. yeah. So you're pretty much like at that point because people are booking you like a year in advance, right? Yeah. All my brides are booking me a year in advance. And right now, all my weddings are like June, July, August. So I could definitely um, include some more fall brides, but I don't think I could take on any more June, July, August brides. Like October, November, December would be great because um, September is obviously this bash month. So <laughs> um, <laughs> the entire month, yeah, <laughs> the entire month. Um, so yeah, I could take on one or two more. I think. Yeah, I could definitely see you doing that. I have currently have three that I'm working with um, for 2019. But I would say, so like where I am in my business right now, Cami, is probably like where you were a year ago. Like I would say like in terms of wedding invitations, I feel like I'm a year behind you in terms of like booking success rate. Yeah, I do feel like that. I never, I felt like we were like right on par with each other. (laughs) That's what I feel like, but what do I know? (laughs) Well, because my first year, so remember how we always talk about like my 2017 was like kind of a dud i think i did like one invitation suite but think about how many you did that year yeah probably quite a few more 
And so then your bookings continue to increase year after year. And because I felt like I was so behind in 2017, I'm still making up the time that I lost in like the worst year of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm like not mad about it at all. I'm just being honest, like that. Yeah. I'm excited to get to the more of the point where people do book me out a whole year. I mean, one of my girls I'm working with right now, we just started yesterday and she booked me last May. So that felt fantastic. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I had a client who booked me almost two years in advance for a wedding. And I was like, we're going to have to wait um, like a year to get started. And we waited. So and it worked out just fine. And honestly, it worked out better for her because I knew a lot more what I was doing after a year. So yeah, um, yeah I love that suite. That was the Seattle invitation suite. And I love that ride. She's awesome. Um, yeah. so that was, <laughs> that was that a was, great invitation suite. And that was a fun project. I really enjoyed that one really stretched me creatively. But okay, so second part of this question about how to budget your time to make sure you aren't overbooking yourselves. Um, this was really hard for me starting out because I just didn't understand how long each part of the process took. So I felt like my dates were all screwed up. But now I have more of a handle on how long things take, how long things actually take. So I'll lay out a timeline for each client. And then I print them off because I need to see them visually in front of my face um, and put them on a clipboard so I can see all the dates and make sure there's no overlap. And I also put them in a Google calendar that I never look at, but they're in there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's just, I think you got to know your process to, in order to not overbook yourself in terms of avoiding overbooking. So this is kind of one thing I was talking about, like having one deadline day a month, basically. So Mm -hmm. like what I tend to look at is, okay, if somebody is getting married July 4th, right, (laughs) let's just pick like the most known American holiday, July 4th. So two (laughs) months in advance is going to be May. May. There it is. I always have a hard time going backwards. Um, so around May 4th, that's like two months prior to the wedding. That's about at the point where you would be doing all the addressing work, assembling, getting everything together to mail the invitations if you're doing that for your client. I always make sure that I like do not have two couples in this phase of the process at the same time because doing yeah. two at at the exact same time, I would feel like I had overbooked myself in that situation. So I always make sure there's some sort of overlap and buffer room between between assembly periods. And that's how I kind of calculate my time mentally. Because even if I get an invitation suite printed, like maybe it's printed and I have all the materials ready to go like three and a half months before the wedding, I'm still going to be waiting till assembly week to put it all together. That's how I schedule out my time. So as long as yeah. they're not overlapping on that part of the timeline, I tend to be fine. Yeah. And also, you don't want to overbook yourself because you don't know. I mean, you don't know what the client's going to do. You know what I mean? Like they could be super late and it's going to run into your other timeline that you've like, if you've left no buffer room, no white space at all. And like, if you have to finish this one to start this one and it backs up into it and you got overlap, it's going to it's gonna be bad news for everybody. So yeah. um, just giving yourself a little bit more time than you think you need. Having that buffer room has saved my life so many times. Um, so that's something I'm like really conscious of now because even though I can be really ambitious and be like, I can totally do that. Then when I get to the moment and I'm working on two different, you know, brides assemblies in the same week and I'm so stressed out because <laughs> it just takes a lot of time. 
Um, I'm like, that was a bad idea. I could have like just expanded this out a little more, set a different date or, you know, just rearranged the timeline a little bit. Um, so I wasn't doing this. Um, so yeah, right. just being how, aware of the process for sure. How many months in advance do you start a design timeline for an invitation suite? Like when do you start with the client? Does that make sense? Um, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think how um, because like, I know that mine is six five, months. Like I literally months? do it six months out. Yeah, I think mine's six months out as well. Actually, I think mine's more like five because sometimes if I start too early, I actually like when there's a little bit more of a rush job because I can get it done and get it quickly, <laughs> like get it yeah. out the door, you know? Um, so I usually, yeah, I think five months for me. Okay. That's where my brides are now. Five and six months. I'm trying to yeah. think of the timelines. They're in the other room where I could tell you exactly. <laughs> right. Because that just gives you the right amount of buffer room. I mean... Things tend mm-hmm. to go wrong. And when they go wrong, you have to have the time to recover. So yeah. <laughs> and like the shipping, the weekend, all vacations, planning for those. I mean, yeah, so many different factors. So I, are we ready to move on to the last one? I think we covered that one I really well. So. Yes, totally. <clears throat> okay. So the last one is from Katie Rose Calligraphy. And she asks, do you think you would get less ghosting if you had your prices listed on your website? at least starting at X amount per envelope for calligraphy or starting at X amount for custom invitation suite, et cetera? Or have you both tried those and found that they were more difficult or confusing and didn't get as many inquiries? Well, I know for me, I actually have my starting price listed on my website, like the minimum amount you're going to spend. And I have an average price of what um, the average bride ends up spending with me. So they do have some sort of idea up front. But mm-hmm. I think it would it'd be impossible for me to list my prices on the website because they are so custom and I literally don't have like a set price. Um, well, I mean, I kind of do, but it, it depends on the quantity and whatnot. Um, for calligraphy, I would probably just put the price out there because it's, you know, it's more straightforward than an invitation suite. But having a starting price is, I mean, I don't know if it's, I think it's definitely helped weed out some clients that were like, okay, I can't even afford the starting price, so I'm not going to reach out which is probably why I don't get like bukus of inquiries all the time, which is okay because I don't want to be answering all those if they're not going to you know, lead to anything because it's just a waste of time for both of us. Um, but yeah, I would put your starting price for sure on your website. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What, what do you think, Elizabeth? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I actually just made some changes to my website yesterday, specifically on like my FAQ page about wedding invitations. And I changed it. I changed my average because I had never included that before. And I was thinking to myself, I really need to include this to give people a good idea. Just because I have had some incidences, quote unquote, lately <laughs> where people have come back. And like I had one person who said to me, um, compared to other quotes I've gotten for similar items. So I don't know what that means because it could be slightly different. Yeah. Yours is approximately two and a half times more. And I wrote back this kind slash passive aggressive email <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yes, that's because I'm providing two and a half more times the value. I don't know. I said crap, some crap like that. But Literally, for all of the bells and whistles that she asked for, I did the math of what two and a half times less than what I quoted would be. And I don't know how somebody would even like cover the expenses of an invitation suite of like what she was asking for. But I feel like that could have been avoided if I had said, hey, which I now have on my website, the average Eliza and calligraphy couple spends $5,000 on their invitation suite with me. Right. Um, 
to help understand that. And now I also, I've always had a minimum on there, but now I include the average and then the minimum too, like you, Cami, because yeah. I think even for a set of hundred invitation suites with the envelopes, but like no addressing, no return printing, it's just the design invitations with envelopes for a quantity of a hundred, it's like 2045 or something like that. So I was yeah. like, this is literally like as low as it'll go unless you have less than a hundred. But this doesn't include a save the date either. And I made sure to clarify that. I just, I need to work on my website copy. <laughs> I, I need to work on my website copy as well. So maybe we can uh, figure all that out later. But yeah. yeah, mine has the same thing. Like the starting at like the lowest possible price you were ever going to get without return addressing and all that stuff. But nobody wants to not have that. So it's still going to be probably higher than that. Um, and then the average price. But um, I don't know if it's necessarily led to less ghosting, but I I know it's led to more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for with inquiries? More, more valid inquiries, maybe. Yes, valid inquiries. That wasn't the word, but that'll work. <laughs> more valid inquiries. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely put your starting price. I mean, might help you out a little bit. So help yeah. you out on your email, your inbox. <laughs> and we actually do have an entire episode specifically about what to do if leads are ghosting you. Cami and I kind of have an entire brainstorming session surrounded um, on that specifically. Yes. I'm not it's sure episode if we about number five. Prices. Yeah, episode no, we, five. Yeah, episode number five. We didn't talk about prices, so I thought this would be a good follow-up question to that on listing your prices. So Mm -hmm. check out episode number five if leads are ghosting you, and we can help you with some of the things that we do for that and some of the things you might be doing on your end and how you can fix it. So yeah, one of the other things I have on my site is I give uh, potential leads couples the chance to download a pricing guide if they do want to look at it to give them an idea of like, okay, if you include this, it'll be X amount. The, the problem that I've found is like, obviously the average person, including me, isn't the best with math all the time, especially off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, you know this, guys. We've tried to calculate things on the, <laughs> on the on go the and it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. But Mine are listed in quantities of 100 invitation suites. Well, if you inquire for 180 or 200 invitation suites, it's going to be double that price. And I think people forget that when they look at my prices. They forget to, they either don't read, you know, the qualifications for the pricing or they do read Mm -hmm. it and they don't do the math. And so, I don't know, I've gone back and forth with the pricing guide too, whether or not I need to redo it whether or not I take it down, whether or not I change my entire (laughs) inquiry system, whether or not I nuke my website. I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Whether or not I just quit this whole thing and go work in Starbucks. (laughs) I don't know anymore. (laughs) Um, I'm telling you, every once in a while, I think including this morning was one of those days where sometimes I go, I just want to get a job. But then I snap out of it. I snap out of it pretty quick. But you know, there's like days where that crosses my mind when I get discouraged. I know. I was actually thinking that on Sunday. I was like, you know, I could just go work at Lululemon, and then I would get the discounts because I already know their product line, like back of my hand, more than anyone who works there. And then I was like, you would be a great Lululemon employee. You would well exceed the bar of employees at Lululemon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I'd just be there for the discount, and then I wouldn't want to like. If someone told me what to do, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. I'm I'm my own boss. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's hard uh, to exchange that freedom for 
going back to something else. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's so fun to work from home with the kitties, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, hopefully uh, you guys saw the picture of my cat getting ready to record the podcast. It was so cute. Oh, he's so uh, cute. We could share it on Biz Birthday Bash at some point, Kim. Uh, yeah, have def- to. definitely post that. It's super adorable. But um, Okay, is that all we have for Q&K? I think I think we, we wrap this one up. We just yeah. nailed that cue and cake. We just ate we, that cake. <laughs> <laughs> and drank our coffee. Because and we drank our coffee. Come. I know. Um, I can feel the energy starting to rise again. I know. I'm me. excited. I'm pumped. Um, <laughs> I will go ahead and, and drop in one thing, I guess, before we wrap up in terms of a little bit of housekeeping. Okay. We have had some questions come through about starting a business finding the right clients, how to price your work, et cetera. And the good news is that Cammie and I already have some awesome content for that um, from our 2018 Biz Birthday Bash. It's now called Business Sense for Creatives. Some of you might have known it as the 2018 bundle or the webinar replay, but the new name is Business Sense for Creatives. And we cover all of that stuff in our classes. It is like extensive, extensively cover. It is legit amazing. Um, Yeah. Go check out our testimonials page. You can see how how it's changed um, other people's businesses with their pricing and finding clients. And it is awesome. It's like everything we've ever known about anything. (laughs) Yes. And people continue to watch the replays, tell us how much that they that they love it and how much it's helped them. And not only is it the class videos, but we have bonus PDFs for every single lesson with all this extra information. So if you want to learn more about that, that's bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash 2018 dash bundle. So really easy to get to if you want to take a look at that. Or if you just go to bizbirthdaybash.com, it's one of the first things in the navigation. So it'll be really easy for you to take a look at that and see if it'll maybe be the right fit for you in your business. If you're kind of trying to figure out those beginning things, or maybe you have a good foundation, but you're just ready to propel yourself forward a little more. So yeah, and price for profits, like nobody's business. Y'all know we are all about, you know, charging your worth. So we really go in depth on that. Um, Okay. So if you have any more questions um, that aren't about pricing, because you can just go get the bundle, um, you can <laughs> submit them at our Q and Cake page, which is just bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and Cake. So submit your questions there and we will answer them in an episode like this every six weeks. And then, of course, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a glowing review, and we will read it out loud to everyone (laughs) and (laughs) share our love for you. Um, And yeah, I think that is it. So we'll see you next time, guys. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Bye.